Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. This is come out of her, my people. Today is March 22nd, 2017. And a couple of events have happened today. One, we're looking at something that has taken place in London where there seems to have been somewhat of a political attack. And right now they're reporting that at least five people are dead. It seems that this was targeted towards government officials in the United Kingdom. And there have been five confirmed deaths. While over here in the United States, there was a man arrested in New York City for stabbing to death a Negro man. A Caucasian man traveled from Baltimore, Maryland, to go specifically to New York for the purpose of killing a Negro man. There's an article that is out. That is this is written by Christina Silva. Uh, the name of this article is Race in America. White veteran kills black man in NYC to make a statement. The article reads as follows. A white army veteran traveled from Maryland to New York City to kill a black man to make a statement in the media capital of the world, New York's police department officials said Wednesday. James Harris Jackson, 28, turned himself in at a Manhattan police station after he stabbed his victim on a sidewalk. Jackson was carrying a handful of knives in his pocket when he arrived at the police station, Reuters reported. Shortly after coming across Tim, Timothy Kaufman, who was searching through garbage on the street, he stabbed him in the chest and back, police said. Jackson told police he left Baltimore Friday and traveled to New York City by bus because it is the media capital of the world and he wanted to make a statement. Bill Aubrey, a deputy chief at the New York Police Department, told reporters. It was revealed that the attack on Timothy Kaufman was clearly racially motivated. It is believed that he was specifically intending to target black males. Jackson, who was deployed by the U.S. military to Afghanistan, faces murder charges. B. 
Video footage showed him fleeing after the stabbing while dressed in a black coat. Kaufman, 66, died at a local hospital where he was being treated for his injuries. On his Twitter page, he called himself a can and bottle recycler and autograph collector. He lived in transitional housing for people with HIV slash AIDS, the New York Daily News reported. He went by the nickname Hard Rock. The Southern Poverty Law Center was warned non-whites living in the U.S. about has warned non-whites living in the U.S. about potential hate crimes. The country saw a resurgence of white nationalism that impairs the racial progress we've made, said Mark Podick, the senior fellow and editor of the report in a recent statement about racial attacks in 2016. New York police have not linked Jackson to any group. So here you have a verified hate crime that has taken place in North America under the Donald Trump regime. Now, what Donald Trump represents in the minds of racist Caucasian America does not necessarily reflect upon his individual thoughts about all peoples in America. But it is clear that it doesn't matter whether Donald Trump is a racist or not. It is clear that there are enough people in the Caucasian persuasion that believe him to be more like them than not, and they have it in their mind that they can do these types of things and have the nerve to walk into the police station, turn themselves in. He turned himself in with the the weapons on him. Now, if you think about this, Donald Trump had made several statements while he was campaigning about him being able to commit murder, get away with it, and then actually go on and become president. So whether or not he was just doing that as some type of attention grabber, some type of shock therapy, or whether he really meant that from his heart, someone has carried it out Is there a direct relationship that we can verify? No, but it sounds eerily similar because what would provoke a man to just go kill 
a defenseless 66-year-old Negro, and he's 28 years old, and then go turn himself into the police. Like it's nothing. Like, yeah, I did it. I'm here. But what's even more frightening is that you have to deal with the fact that the people of America, North America in particular, are divided racially, unlike they have been in a long time. We have seen countless number of Negroes being murdered by police. But look at this. It wasn't until Donald Trump took office that the bulk of Negro America has had some type of realization that they are claiming Donald Trump is a racist and that now all of a sudden things are different and the system is more against us than it's ever been. When in reality, nothing changed. They are the same people today that they were yesterday. It's just that Many of you who are making all these uproars because of Donald Trump being president didn't have anything to say when the countless number of murders were taking place while Barack Obama was president. So you acted as though Barack Obama being president made a difference. The only difference that it really made is that he did have some respect from all people. Yes, the whole earth cheered that somebody other the whole world cheered that somebody other than a Caucasian man was in office. Because everybody probably thought, well, hey, Negroes at least have some kind of heart, whereas Caucasian men seem to be heartless. The whole world celebrated when the United States elected Barack Obama president. But the truth of the matter is, nothing changed. They were gunning down Negroes in Washington, like the, in Washington D.C. during his his regime, just like they did with the Negro woman in Washington D.C. with a child in the back seat, and they gunned her down. So all of these things that are taking place in the world today are signs of the pressure and the division between the said races of people. And it is sad and it is unfortunate, but whether or not Donald Trump is a racist really doesn't even matter. 
at least it seems on the surface that the majority of Negro America believe that believes that he's a racist. And a great portion of Caucasian America believe that he's a racist. And it seems like there's more division between the races than there has been since probably the 60s. That's what it's looking like to me. And what I mean is you had Martin Luther King, you had the Nation of Islam, you had the Black Panthers, civil rights struggles. And in the midst of all of that, there rose a little group, a record label out of Detroit that actually did more for crossing racial boundaries than even did our beloved Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It was the music that brought the people together on the dance floor coming out of Detroit, coming out of Motown Records, and that helped the civil rights struggle to progress to what Dr. King was trying to accomplish. But if you look at this, the 70s, race died down a lot. The 80s, it seemed like race was not even an issue. The 90s seemed like race, particularly when it came to hip-hop now crossing all these various boundaries, it seemed like race was not even an issue. You still had your undercurrent, but it was nothing like it has been within these last three months since Donald Trump has taken office since the 60s. And keep in mind, there were all types of police murdering our people. I'm going to stress it again, during the time that Barack Obama was in office. But it seemed like it didn't even matter to our own people until President Trump was elected. Now it seems like all of a sudden they're paying attention to this mass hysteria between the races. As the economy is going to continue to suffer, the real solution is in nationalism. Listen, I want to expound upon nationalism and the idea of it so that we might be able to get a broader grasp on it and might be able to do something with this. What a nation is, by definition, is a conglomerate of people of like history 
bloodline and culture. That's me defining it from the definition. Me explaining it from the definition that it actually is. So, when you have a body of people who have the same progenitors, who are the same patriarchs, who are the same bloodline, the same history, the same culture, when you have that and they're all working together, in law, that is a nation. But why I am specifically using this term nationalism is because really nationalism is that same body of people that are a nation acting in a governmental capacity. But what if you stand on the principle of acting in a government capacity unifying those of like minds to get things accomplished economically, socially, politically. That is the core of what a nation should be. That we need to be um, applying nationalism without the religious ideological and philosophical barriers of religion is what you can do to operate as would a nation based on that simple principle. So I'm saying this to say If you look at the Black Lives Matter movement, that was a form of nationalism. That is a form of nationalism. See, a nation can name itself whatever it chooses. A nation can come up under whatever banner it chooses, whatever platform it chooses, but the idea that it's working collectively for socio-political and governmental purposes is where we need to gear our minds. So listen, Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, who was a hero to me when I was growing up. When I was 12 years old, the movie Gandhi came out and it was uh, one of the most successful movies at all times, of all times. And that movie had a great influence on me as a young man. Then as I got a little bit older and I learned about Martin Luther King, and that Martin Luther King patterned much of what he was doing after Mahatma Gandhi. And, of course, Martin Luther, the Protestant, uh, leader, but the nonviolence approach that Gandhi applied was the nonviolence approach that Martin Luther King Jr. applied. 
But the difference what Gandhi was facing, he was in a nation that had Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, and Christians. But yet he used the philosophy as patterned after Jesus for how he was able to use his principles of nonviolence and peace to appeal to these various religious groups who were of the same genetic national origin and was able to unify them and bring them together, not under a religious principle, but under a principle of nationalism and really a principle of self-survival. The British were oppressing those people. They even gunned down defenseless Eastern Indians. And Gandhi stood up amongst all of that. And unfortunately, in the end, it was one of his own people that stabbed him. Nonetheless, I'm speaking on nationalism. Because as this thing is increasing, the divide between Negroes and Caucasians, really between Negroes, Latinos, and Caucasians, because Donald Trump seemed to have been targeting some of the Latino brothers and sisters, Mexicans in particular. And it seems that any little thing the man would say would be turned into some racial rant in the minds of the people, whether it actually was or, or wasn't. I'm not saying that they, that he did or didn't. I'm just saying that in the minds of the people, this is what it is. So it doesn't matter what my personal opinion might be. And you see the further divide. And so there's escalated pressure on the shoulders of the people to keep this going. Now, if Donald Trump does with the United States Corporation, what he's done all his life with businesses and corporations, which is bring it to a bankruptcy, the United States is already in the bankruptcy, but you can, if you know anything about bankruptcy laws, while you're in one form of bankruptcy, you can restructure it to be another form of bankruptcy. I'll use individual bankruptcy. You can restructure your Chapter 7 to be a Chapter 13. And so if you look at the United States, realizing that it's in a bankruptcy, Chapter 11, it could, under the leadership of Donald Trump, go into another bankruptcy, which means that the money issues in leading up to the actual declaration 
is going to be tight. Now, here's what you have to look out for. This is not me predicting it. I'm just telling you to look out for it because it's a possibility in commerce. If Donald Trump has in his mind that he's going to bring this to another bankruptcy, they usually will plan a bankruptcy two or three years ahead. Now, when planning that bankruptcy two or three years ahead, one of the first things you do is decide what assets you want to. So when you're trying to protect your assets, you have to structure your and plan out your asset protection. Which means you're going to start moving uh, quote-unquote ownership or possessorship rights over certain businesses or certain properties you're going to start shifting those. Now, this is two years before even thinking about a bankruptcy. See, most of us think of a bankruptcy in the sense, oh, I'm in bad trouble. I need some type of quick remedy. I'm going to file bankruptcy. A lot of our people are afraid of bankruptcies, which we we need to get out of that mind state. However, I'm not encouraging you to do them, but I'm saying don't be afraid to do them because that is part of your remedy and that's part of your right. But I'm going to explain to you how corporate um, people think and actually anybody outside of our people that is doing some type of financial planning if you're going to file a bankruptcy, you're going to get prepared for that two and three years ahead of time. So you start shifting your assets. That's number one. Because there's certain things that you want to keep, certain things that you do not want to lose. So you start shifting your assets. You cut your spending. You move your money. You see, when you go to file a bankruptcy, one of the questions is, how much money do you have in the bank right now? When a country, a government, is filing a bankruptcy, it is no different than an individual. So the question becomes, how much money do you have in your treasury? How much is actually um, 
uh, on the asset side of the ledger, what kind of expenses do you have that you must take care of in order to maintain your lifestyle, in order to maintain everything that you're doing and, and to keep eating? If you've ever filed bankruptcy, think back to all the things that you overlooked. There must be a credit counseling that goes on with the bankruptcy. Now, all of a sudden, as what looks like to be Donald Trump leading the country to prepare, that's what it looks like to me, to prepare for another bankruptcy, perhaps some other type of reconstruction of affairs, all of a sudden was coming into question Barack Obama was wiretapping me. Then was coming into question, hey, Donald Trump has ties to Russia. Russia was involved in actually getting Donald Trump elected. All of a sudden, Donald Trump has uh, business deals going on with Russia, and now the FBI is investigating what's been going on because now there are businesses that Donald Trump has been doing that have been shifting hands. Of course, he had to shift hands with some of these things when he came into office. Of course he did. However, when he starts moving his private things after he's taken office, which is what he's doing, his daughter is under investigation She's not supposed to take an office, an official uh, office under his regime, but yet she's doing things closely related to his regime that require her to have a clearance. Well, quite naturally, you would want to involve your business partners and your own children if you're running any business. They're the ones you can trust the most. They're the ones that you know can get done what you want done. So quite naturally, that would occur. They announced that there were significant cuts to uh, said welfare programs that Donald Trump was making. They announced that they were reviewing the Social Security uh, monies. So what you should be looking for are further shifts of U.S. properties changing hands, further monies to come up missing. And when they come up missing is because they're being stashed, hidden offshore. It's kind of difficult to do that in today's world, but it's not impossible. And I'm talking about by government officials now because government officials have stake, they have money, they have bonds and stocks in a lot of uh, U.S. property, businesses and real estate included. So as you see this trend, keep watching it and keep paying attention because it looks like they're moving towards Donald Trump's specialty 
of going into bankruptcy. Now, what does that do to our people and to the common people? As they start pulling funds and adjusting funds and hiding funds, as they start readjusting businesses, it's going to tighten up on the economy even that much more. Because they have to, instead of having that those monies in circulation, they have to remove them, which means that there is less, less um, Federal Reserve notes circulating, which makes it tighter for the common, everyday, average individual. And in those situations, you have to look for slight price increases, less job hours at the workplace, and those types of things are the first thing that's going to happen. Now, if you don't know how to survive this, you're not going to survive it. If you don't know what to do if this takes place, it could and will cause irreputable damage damages. So I'm putting out this warning to you. Because as you're seeing this increasing divide between the races, it is important that you as an individual do not give in to racism. Do not hate people because they are a different color than you, but to actually be thinking more in terms of nationalism. Doing your affairs, your social, your political, and governmental affairs with your own people in a body politic. That's where you want to be focusing your attention. And in focusing your attention in that and in pooling your resources, you're going to see just who among you who are serious and sincere and who actually have love for their own. But when you have little nitpicky arguments and divisive mechanisms that say, oh, I don't want to go deal with these people over here or other people over there for this, 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 and this because they're different than this. When you have people that just nitpick at things to find something that they don't agree with with somebody else just so they don't have to unify with them, then you know who you can't deal with. Because, see, listen, ultimately, when you're thinking in terms of nationalism and people coming together regardless of their background, listen, if I meet somebody that's a Christian, or if I meet somebody that's a Muslim or Muslim that are genuinely good people, 
with solid moral character. Then all of a sudden, it doesn't matter to me what they're referring to themselves as because I can see them for their character. And if that principle of goodness, kindness, respect, fairness, trustworthiness, caring and concern, if those principles are in an individual and they do fair dealings and don't have racial animosities against you or, excuse me, don't have religious animosities against you, those are the people that you can unify with in order to accomplish certain things in the socio-political world. And the first thing is self-preservation. Because as this thing tightens up, you're going to see the absolute new uh, need for our people to trust in one another in business dealings rather than boycotting our own, our own businesses like we've been doing for all these years. One of the reasons our businesses don't survive and they can't get off the ground, of course you have your immediate things. They're, they're ran poorly. But listen, by now you ought to know when you're dealing with Negroes, you're going to have some type of um, quirky business antics that you don't get in other races, but you got to love enough to be able to be willing to be patient and work with them and give them a chance to correct themselves in the tone. We all make mistakes. Major businesses make mistakes. But for some reason, our people are far more forgiving for other people's businesses than their own people's businesses. So I'm saying, how about this? Unify with those who are of like mind and character and look past how they label themselves. Because ultimately, all we want in life are people that we can love and trust anyway. And if your religion teaches you something that makes you of value, that should be what you're getting out of religion, then that is the one truth, the one unity, the one almighty God being present in those people that allows us to unify. But when you have these hate mongers, these blame shifters, these psychotic narcissists who really want to create themselves into a deity to be worshipped, when you have those type of people, those are not people that really want to unify with anybody else. And really, I don't see anybody else that will want to unify with them that's outside of that if you come to the realization that, oh, in order to be a part of you, I have to worship you. 
Well, that's not something that we can unify with, with too many people on. But when we can stick to basic principles of trust, honesty, respect, kindness, those are the real principles of love. When you know somebody that's gonna is gonna go to bat for you. Listen, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an example of my own life. I actually have friends who are former kingpins and gangbangers, but still have ties to those worlds. Okay? That go to church now as Christians. But let something go down. And they will call up their gangbanger friends, and all of those friends of theirs will come to their aid. I have friends that I grew up with that are in gangs now, that have seen the work that your brother's been doing and have told me, Brother Priest, we are here whenever you need us. Call us. If somebody bothers you, if somebody threatens you, you let us know, we will go handle it. See, what you have to understand is there are a lot of people that respect your brother. And it's because I respect them and I don't judge them whether I like them or whether I like what they do or not. I don't judge them because I understand why they made the choices that they made in their life. And I understand that when they have a viable alternative, if they are good people deep down inside, no matter what manner of wickedness they're in, something deep down inside them has to be good. They can turn that life around, their own life around at any given time. I understand that. And because of that, I'm not going to go hang around them in their gang-banging atmosphere. But I know when it comes down to dealing with military, armed forces, all of those gangs that you've been seeing on the streets have been prepared by nature to be a military for their own people. You see what happened in Baltimore when um, the, the gangbangers stood up and said, look, this stuff is going to stop or we coming in to deal with it. And my point to it is that's nationalism. But you want to deal with the people that are of like mind. Now, I use an extreme measure to talk about the gangbangers, but my point is there are plenty of our people who are successful businessmen, who um, are successful in even in the political arena. Some of them are, are, are smaller, or low them on the totem pole. They might be local state representatives. They might be local city council members, like in Detroit, Joanne Watson. For many years, this is a, a, a queen. She was on city council, and she has been out in the public. She was never shying away from the public and for the needs of our people. She has always stood up for the needs of our people. 
And regardless of what her platform or her idea of how she would live her life spiritually or religiously, she looks at us as a whole when she's out there representing us, and that is the platform of nationalism that we need to be on. But we should be thinking about the people that are trustworthy, that are respectful, that are not bigots or hate mongers. There are plenty of good people. Some of them don't even identify necessarily with a religion. Now, of course, we don't want to deal with Satanists, you know, but barring that, if they have good, solid moral character, those are the people we should be looking towards unifying with. So as I'm bringing this forth, I'm hoping that you will see that this is a rally call that you are witnessing in America, particularly when you see a Caucasian man travel from Baltimore, Maryland to New York specifically to kill a Negro. That's racism. That's hatred. That's bigotry. But we don't have to give that back to them. But we do have a requirement to recognize when someone or somebody of people have made themselves into an enemy against us, and we have a requirement to defend ourselves. And I'm telling you, as you watch what's going on in this economy, you are going to have to pull your resources. You are going to have to structure yourselves in a protocol, and anyone that cannot deal with a protocol and ranking system without there being vain and arrogant influxes of personalities trying to create deified worshipers, you're going to have a problem every time you do that because that is the source of idolatry. My point, there's nothing wrong with protocols and ranking. Just because someone has a rank of authority over you does not make them better than you, neither does that give them the right to disrespect you and treat you like you are beneath them. Any people that are acting in that capacity should not be participating in this altogether anyway. When this happens in any place on the earth at any given time in the past, present, or future, the only way you're going to get any type of relief or success is to unify and pull your resources and work together collectively as one. Any of you can do it, but I'm asking those who are of like mind, who want to help their people, who want to help their future, 
who want to help bypass these potential casualties that are on the rise. We we need to unify. We need to collectively unify and move in unison and in harmony under nationalism principles. Our people of like minds, our people of like backgrounds, our people of like life experiences, that is the platform we need to be focusing on. And they may come from different religions, but we're looking for the characteristics of the people, the sincerity, the hard workers, and that in and of itself does reflect God Almighty, does reflect the life works of Jesus. And it rises above the differences amongst us. If you can see what it is that I'm saying, and if you can hear what it is that I'm saying and feel this, come on and join the club. We're already in motion. We already got things going. Come on and join us if this sounds like you. We have investment opportunities ready and available. We have positions that we can imply that will empower you individually, that can help you to be more financially secure individually. And in that, we can collectively do something to circumvent any fluctuation that comes up in this American economy. And in that, we do have to police our own people. And I don't mean walking around with guns and billy clubs. I mean really being attentive to our own people. That's the first thing. Really getting out here again and giving instruction to our younger generation and giving more guidance to them. You know what? We have some things that we know help the disenfranchised youth, that help the knuckleheads, the gangbangers, the drug addicts, particularly in young men. Those most difficult hard-head young people, they need boot camps. They need those types of things in order to help turn their lives around. And so we have something in place that can possibly help these young people. We collectively need to get others involved so that we can start moving more rapidly, preparing for whatever fluctuations may come economically, further preparing for whatever things may come in the minds of 
the people that are dead set on racist intentions. If nothing else, you got to hear me. There are blue jays, there are red robins. They're both of the bird species. But it's not a red robin's duty, life responsibility to feed blue jays. They can fly in the same air. They can live close to enough to one another. But they're taking care of their own. You must take care of your own. And just because there's a different color of bird doesn't just make them enemies to one another. But if there is enmity between the two, whether there is or not, they're both responsible for feeding their own. Just like you are responsible. I hope you... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.